Welcome to the Cost of Not Paying Attention, hosted by nationally recognized speaker Janine Hamner Holman. Janine knows what it takes to attract and retain world class talent. Join her here each week on the Cost of Not Paying Attention as we use brain science, leadership, management, and real life challenges managers face to explore the places where we aren't paying attention. Welcome to the cost of not paying attention and women we should know. This is a very different kind of episode today. This is a crossover podcast with me, Janine Hamner-Holman, and my great friend, Leslie Michaels. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So Leslie has an amazing podcast called women we should know if you haven't listened to it yet please check it out and i have an amazing podcast called the cost of not paying attention and today we are doing these two podcasts as one how fun is that how fun is that? i know <laughs> and i just want to say women any of you out there who've been subscribing to Women We Should Know that have not checked out the cost of not paying attention yet, what are you waiting for? <laughs> and any of you listeners out there, men, women, otherwise, who are subscribers or just listeners occasionally to the cost of not paying attention, if you haven't checked out Women We Should Know, get on it, people. awesome podcast. Leslie is a great friend. She has an amazing book that is coming out in June of this year, June 2020, called On the Shoulders of Mighty Women. Do I have that right? That's right. Uh And Mm -hmm. I am a contributor. Yes. Dean wrote a wonderful, wonderful section on a really important topic that we're going to touch on today. So you're going to want to check out what she contributed. And I'm so grateful, Janine. Oh, it was truly my honor. So Leslie and I met, gosh, like two and a half years ago now. Mm -hmm. And we we fell in love about Two and a half years ago now. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we fell in love pretty fast. And we fell in love in part because part of what Leslie stands for is that women, when we ally together, when we uplift each other, when we connect and band together, we are so much more than the sum of our parts. Mm -hmm. And so Leslie saw something, I don't know, in me, and I saw amazingness in her. And we immediately started getting the idea that there could be 
cool things hatched in this connection. So here yes. we go. I took one look at Janine and said, that one right there. She's my, <laughs> I knew that was the audacious woman that I wanted to create big things with. And so we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, well, I think we're well on our way. And so part of what I would love for us to dive into today, as mm -hmm. we think about women we should know, as we think about the cost of not paying attention, is there are so many women out there, mm -hmm. including you, including me, mm -hmm. who have been harmed by this idea that exists, that there's not enough space for the strong, powerful women, that women cannot be collegial. We must be dog eat dog. And I have been eaten, <laughs> eaten by dogs. You have been eaten by dogs. And I'm sure that there have even been times when I was a dog who ate another. Yes. And as I have trod upon this earth, lo, these last 57 years, one of the things that I have realized is in partnership with women like you, is that one of the things to which we are not paying enough attention is the power and the difference that women can make in organizations, in workforces, when we show up as women, as opposed to try and show up like men, try, right. and, try and model ourselves after who it is that they have been in the workplace. That's right. That's right. And, and so one of the things that you and I were talking about is that there are so many women who have either been the dog and don't want to be the dog anymore, right. who have been eaten and don't want to be eaten anymore, who have been wounded or who were smart enough in the beginning to just realize, I don't want to play that game. Mm -hmm. And they took their marbles and they went somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so if all of us women who have figured out what it looks like to be a strong, powerful woman mm -hmm. and not a man mm -hmm. in the workplace can come together and create alliances and create platforms and power stages mm -hmm. for each other, that that is where an enormous amount of transformation and juiciness and fun and verve and so many grand things mm -hmm. in the world can lie. And so I want to explore that idea with you today. Absolutely. And I want to also I can hear in my mind those women who are out there saying, well, I'm not really a powerful woman, but I did have that horrible experience. If you had that horrible experience, may I suggest that you don't know how powerful you are <laughs> because those experiences cause us to hide away ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you were harmed in that regard, not everyone can be the CEO. Right. 
And if we have women in every level of business along the way who are working in collaboration with each other, it becomes not only a kinder and more gentle environment, but it becomes a, becomes a more successful environment. Janine, I am sure you've seen the numbers. The quarterly reports come out and quarter after quarter, women-owned, women-founded, women-run businesses are out-distancing the majority of the male-owned, male-run businesses in terms of stability, in terms of quarterly gains, in terms of turnover. Mm -hmm. They're being able to create solid communities. And that's what women can do because men, biologically, psychologically, and sociologically, are transactional. Mm -hmm. Women are relational. And so I'm suggesting and, and putting it out there that let's use our inherent talents. Yet let's use the inherent talent of being relational. Let's use the inherent gift of having a 70% higher empathy. I knew I'd find the word eventually. <laughs> I just had to chase it down the road a bit. Yep. Empathy quotient, let's bring those and instead of letting them be used against us in silly little things like women are too emotional or all that we've heard them all, but I don't need to repeat them. <laughs> Let's bring them together, recognize them for the power base that they are and share and build something great together. I love that. And, you know, as we're thinking about both women we should know and the power of women, and yes. we're thinking about the things to which we have not paid attention to in the world of business and yes. what the cost is of that, there are so many types of jobs, whole categories of roles that used to be transactional and are having to become more relationship-based. So right. right before COVID happened, I think literally like the month before the lockdown happened in March two years ago, I heard a tax guy who used to work for the IRS do a presentation about how the whole world of accounting, which used to be very transactional, in part because of what's happening with AI, is having to become much more relationship-based. And the challenges that that's creating for those professionals in that mm -hmm. field. I mean, mm -hmm. I have I have a great, very warm, loving, uh, high emotional, intelligent quotient accountant. And mm -hmm. let's face it, many are not. And, right. um, you know, so there's a whole field of people who are having to get retooled and retrained. And it's happening in the world of IT, another whole sector where mm -hmm. folks used to be very transactional, where it used to be very male dominated, and they are having to become more relationship based and the mm -hmm. challenges that are faced by doing that. And so mm -hmm. one of the great opportunities is to get more women into these fields, because as you and I both know, there are incredible women leaders who are training young women today in the STEM fields to be incredible 
technologists to be incredible in math and the hard sciences and engineering. And so by having more women in these fields who are naturally, biologically, genetically, brain chemistry inclinated to that's not a word inclined <laughs> you can make up that word if you want to inclinated <laughs> it's a new word no inclined <laughs> oriented designed to be more relationship based i think it will over the long term have that impact and as we think over the short term I think that there are enormous skills and transformations that can be created by women leading, leaning into their own power. And as you said, you know, if you're out there and you're a woman who a woman who thinks I'm just not really all that powerful, I as you, I would challenge that. And, you know, think about the things that you've been through in your life. Mm-hmm. Think about the resilience mm-hmm. that you have had to create and develop. I don't know a woman who's not powerful in her own realm. One of my favorite stories to share, they say women are not as good as at negotiation. You know, those they people <laughs> talk about not women them. are not as good at negotiation. And there are many women who I hear support that idea. Mm -hmm. And this is a real cost of of procrastinating in terms of helping our women to realize that the skills they've developed outside of work are some of their most marketable skills. But tell me who is a better negotiator than the mother Mm -hmm. of a 16-year-old girl (laughs) who's absolutely committed to wearing that prom dress (laughs) down below her navel. (laughs) The mom knows better, but she also knows she better negotiate this right or there's going to be World War III and we won't get past it until she graduates from college. (laughs) Who is the better negotiator than that? That's such a great point. Yes. You know, we undersell the skills that we have developed, you know, and and there are many women out there who spent decades as, uh, what was it called? You know, like chief technology officers, chief domestic officers. (laughs) It makes my head hurt just to remember. (laughs) You know, but, but the captains of the house. Yes. And all of the things that needed to be negotiated. in that world. And it wasn't always just wait until your father gets home. You know, there were a lot of things that needed to be dealt with in the here and now, especially with kids, but sometimes also with dad, you know, she would have to negotiate things with her partner. And so the plumber, (laughs) it has to be taken care of that moment. She has to make executive decisions. And one of the, one of the many places where you and I a lie is you and I both think of leadership as having zero to do with a title or letters that might come after your name or where you went to school, but about choices that we make Mm -hmm. to be a leader. Mm -hmm. And so I've told this story many times and several of you may have already heard it, but I was talking with a hospital CEO 
and he was talking about walking his hospital. And he came up to this one gentleman and he said, what do you do here? Mm -hmm. And the gentleman said, I clean the floor. And the CEO said, thank you very much for your work. I really appreciate everything that you do. And he carried on. And then he came across another gentleman and he said, what do you do? And he said, I make the floors sparkle so that my patients heal faster. That gentleman is a leader. Yes. His job is to clean the floor. And he is an organizational leader in that hospital who understands how his role connects to what the organization is up to. And it's one of the things that I think women do exceptionally well is to help people figure out how what they do connects to the whole. How do you see that idea playing out in the allyships that you're up to creating among women? The thing I see that's happening that is so inspiring to me is the women I support to create these alliance relationships are acutely aware of the cost to them that was experienced because of their former company's procrastination in developing gender equity or et cetera. And they are proactive in bringing those lessons into their new environments Hmm. and making sure that that is not perpetuated. Mm -hmm. And that as they move into leadership, it is not perpetuated among their team. And it is not in many cases perpetuated in the team next door because the team next door is seeing what's happening over here with this it more acutely aware and in touch woman's team. And they're going to their team leader and saying, now wait a minute. <laughs> and so it's spreading like a good kind of virus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk a little, I wasn't necessarily planning on talking about this. And as you were talking, it had me think about the way that you show up in the world. The way that you show up is the way that you, Leslie, show up in the world is I am here. I am excited. I am ready to partner with you to uplift you and be of service. And as a result, I believe, of the way that you show up in the world, you are having amazing people come and want to support you. Mm -hmm. Many of them are probably not by coincidence, are women who also have amazing platforms Mm -hmm. and want to raise you up, hold you up, help support what it is that you're up to Mm -hmm. in the world. And I want to hold that in contrast to the way that so many women and so many women of our generation have been taught that we have to operate in the world of work, which is that old dog eat dog dynamic. I think the younger generations, the millennials and the Gen Zs coming after them, I think innately they have more of a collaborative bent. And I think that that's great because in just three years, 
the millennials and the Gen Zs will be 75% of the workforce. That's right. And yet it is still us, the Xers and the boomers, to, to the large extent, unless they're startups, who are in the C-suites. And so I think that there is a great lesson to be learned by the way that you show up in the world and the things that have been happening with and for you recently. And so we didn't talk about this beforehand. So I don't know how comfortable you are in talking about what some of those things are, but I think that they would make incredible examples. So even if you don't want to name drop, you're welcome to name drop if you want to. But even if you don't want to name drop, I think it would be great if you could talk a little bit about your upcoming book and the experiences that you've had of people who really want to help uplift you because I I firmly believe that it is happening because of how you show up in the world, which is not, I am a dog out to eat anything. It is, I am a woman who is here to uplift humanity in general yes. and women in particular. Thank you, Janine. <laughs> and it is true. And I want to start this with or by saying that this has always been true in my life. Mm. At this point, yes, I am magnetizing to myself names that are known internationally. Yes. Women who are known by their first name only. <laughs> that kind of recognition. Right. And But I have always drawn to me exactly what I was willing to see myself as. Hmm. And so I say that as an invitation to all of the listeners out there to not procrastinate on looking in the mirror every day to find just one more fabulous, fabulous, not just borderline acceptable, but fabulous <laughs> thing about you. Mm -hmm. Because it has been as I've been going through this life, and I speak about a number of my early mentors who were great, notable women of their time back then, mm -hmm. who lifted me up. And then the next ones lifted me up and the next ones lifted me up. Number one, it taught me that just what I shared with you, as much of myself as I was willing to see, that's who came into my life. Mm -hmm. It taught me the extraordinary fulfillment of passing that forward. Mm -hmm. And it is teaching me now that it doesn't. And when I say now, I've been procrastinating on recognizing this one, y'all. We all procrastinate. It's just when are we going to stop and what are we going to stop procrastinating about? Right. And this last wave of, and it has been a wave of influence that has come in to lift me up, has helped me to stop pretending that it has to always be hard work, mm -hmm. that it can be fun and it can be fulfilling. And at the same time, doesn't have to be an enslavement. Mm -hmm. And that's really a really important thing for women 
on the whole to come to understand because between working at work and then working at home and taking care of the kids and being responsible for the elders, women in many regards have been slaves to their lives. And so as of this week, I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about this yet, but as of this week, part of my invitation, which is always evolving, is how much life are you living? Mm-hmm. How much life are you living? So, mm-hmm. yeah, On the Shoulders of Mighty Women is coming out. And I know, I do not believe, I know that one of the reasons that it is drawing such attention from women of tremendous stature is because it is what it is. It is a collaborative work of amazing women like my beautiful Janine here, our beautiful (laughs) Janine here, to Dr. Shelley Grunig, who has been teaching STEM to kids because she wanted to give something to her daughters that they could carry forward and just You might not have heard this, Janine, but just in the last six months, she was named the fourth top STEM coach worldwide. Wow. She is taking young girls and teaching them not just STEM, but she's having them teach the younger kids. So she's teaching them leadership. Uh Uh-huh. And as we go through the book, my dear Angela has been friends over 30 years, and she has been going around the world for all that time advocating for women in many countries and in many disparate situations. Mm -hmm. And so what I know is that this book that you and I and these other beautiful women created, the reason it's getting so much attention is because it is exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It is a collaborative effort, inviting more women to come into collaborative effort. It is a strategic alliance, inviting more women to come into a strategic alliance. It is an act of no longer procrastinating Mm -hmm. and paying attention to those nuances of those skills we've developed and no longer paying that cost of not paying attention, Mm -hmm. stepping up. So I'll be quiet. Uh (laughs) (laughs) not not at all please so you know obviously I love what it is that you're up to and when you were just talking about all of the ways in which women have been taking care of Mm -hmm. ourselves and our our worlds Mm -hmm. had me think I was just down in Mexico for a couple of days to really take some time for myself. And mm-hmm. I've realized, you know, <laughs> over over the last couple of years with all of the things that we have all been going through, plus the mm-hmm. particulars of my life, that, and the particulars of me. So mm-hmm. when I was growing up, there was this idea that we had introverts and extroverts and introverts were very quiet and shy and extro- mm-hmm. extroverts could talk to a street lamp and have a lovely conversation. That would be you and I. Except then I got (laughs) this other definition or this other way to look at introverts and extroverts, which is where we get our energy from. Ooh. Right? So my husband gets his energy from being with other people. Mm Mm-hmm. 
he would love nothing more than to go to a party with a thousand people in it. He would find that energizing. Mm -hmm. That idea of going to a party with a thousand people makes me want to crawl in a hole and cry. Really? Takes, yes, because that's not, that drains my energy. I mm -hmm. get my energy from being alone. Mm. And so I realized, so obviously with all the things that I do and the way that I show up in the world, I occur mm -hmm. to the world as an extrovert, mm -hmm. but I get my energy from being by myself. And so it takes something from me to show mm -hmm. up in the world the way that I do. Mm -hmm. And for all of the other women who are out there, who are like me, who get their mm -hmm. energy from being by themselves and goodness knows it has been hard <laughs> to be by ourselves over yes. this time in particular. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to find opportunities for solitude. Yes. So I took myself down to uh, Puerto Vallarta. No, I did not go to Puerto Vallarta. I went to Rosarito Beach in Mexico <laughs> for four days. Mm -hmm. all by myself the dog the cat the oh. husband they all stayed home and i read books and i listened to the ocean that's all i did and i came back feeling rejuvenated having my energy restored feeling like i have more of myself to pour into and give to all of the things that I care about and serve my clients and be a great partner to my husband and a mommy to our dog and our, our cat and mom to my stepsons and, you know, a daughter and all of the ways that we show up in the world. Right. So I want to, and I think it's one of the things as I think about the two and a half years where you and I have known each other and, and, <laughs> and had our love affair, I have watched you move into the world and find opportunities not to take yourself out of the world but to go to patterns of rejuvenation and mm -hmm. also then creativity and so i want to pull that into our conversation to empower women in particular mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. think about from whence does our energy flow and how, you know, do you get energized by running outside with a whole group of other runners or mm -hmm. taking a walk in beauty all by yourself, regardless of what that beauty looks like to you? Right. Do you get your energy from being with a group of a thousand people, which are harder to come by these days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. do you do you love to read? Do you love to dance your butt off listening to crazy music you know where where does your energy come from and how can we pour more of that into ourselves and into each other that's brilliant and while you are considering all of these really important things that janine brought forward it is a chronic tendency of so many women i've spoken with thousands of women over the years and there is a tendency of similarity. Mm -hmm. I don't have time. Yep. The husbands, the kids, the this, the that. What is your cost for not doing this? 
I'd like to invite you to pay attention to what your cost is. Is the cost that you are sharp with the kids when what they are needing is a cuddle? Mm -hmm. Is the cost that you have to go back to the house three times because you can't remember everything you needed to take with you? (laughs) And so now you've cost yourself more time. Right, right. What is your cost for not paying attention to the voice inside that says, I need fill in the blank? Right, right. You know, and and if we think about it, I saw a study that was saying that over COVID, 87% of humans have gained more weight than they are comfortable with. So for some of us, right? (laughs) Yes, hands are raised. You know, for some of us, that might be five pounds. For some of us, that might be the COVID-19, you gain 19 pounds. For some of us, that might be the 45 pounds, you know, but Mm -hmm. for whatever, whoever we are, wherever we find ourselves on that spectrum, Mm -hmm. 87% of us have gained more weight than we are comfortable with. And I would suspect, I don't know this, I haven't done the research in to dive into the data. I would suspect that more women have gained more weight than they are okay with than Mm -hmm. men because more women are prone to emotional eating. We are prone to, you know, feeling frustrated or exhausted and therefore thinking that, you know, the solution is in the Haagen-Dazs or the Doritos or the Chilaquiles or the, you know, whatever our thing is. And that is certainly a cost. You know, it may be, I was speaking with a young woman yesterday and she was talking about, she loves her job. She loves her job and she's feeling very blah about it. Her energy and her enthusiasm are not there. She can't find them right now. And as a result, she's making mistakes and she's feeling like her boss is mad at her and she's Mm -hmm. mad at herself. And so, you know, I mean, I think there's all kinds of ways to look at what it is costing us Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. women. And certainly there may be men too, who, as you're hearing this are like, oh yeah, crap. (laughs) I can see that I am more short or sharp with my employees. I am, I have less capacity for patience with my employees, with my children, with my mm-hmm. partners, with my, you know, whoever, whoever they are. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, part of what you and I are about is creating a world in which somebody said to me the other day, I love the opportunity to see all people as perfect, all people as divine, all people as um, right. perfect and whole, nothing, right. nothing. Mm-hmm. Not that we don't rough, not that we don't make mistakes, not that we're not crappy sometimes, but you know, that that we ultimately that we are all perfect and unique and divine. Mm-hmm. And so if we start from there, and that's part of the place that you and I start. And it's part of why, why we have had this love affair is because we want all humanity to be able to see all humanity Mm -hmm. as perfect and unique and divine. That's part of our mission 
in the world, part of where we align. It's so true. Yeah. So, so what Janine is saying, if I may speak for you for a moment, Janine, is please. we want more playmates. Come play with us. Come play with, with just finding that new octave in your voice. Mm. Just starting out with this person is perfect, but they may not always act perfectly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. We're good at that with our children. You know, you did a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're a bad boy, mm-hmm. but you did a bad thing. We're less good with that as we grow up and holding other humans, other grownups as perfect and fabulous and whole when they screw up. But like, let's be real people. We all screw up. We are all screw ups in many ways in our own lives. There's a wonderful line from the musical Rent. Everyone has baggage. I'm just looking for someone whose luggage matches mine. And always love that line. It's so great. And, you know, we've all got our stuff. And so as women in particular, how can we, how can you, how can you today help raise up another woman? Whether it's just a smile, whether it's, I really appreciate that thing that you did. Whether it's, I really appreciate that thing that you did for me. It then enabled me to go and do whatever magic it was that I created, whether it's just, I love your shoes, you know, whatever we can do mm-hmm. to raise each other up. Yes. To let go of this idea of competition. Yes. Un- unhealthy competition among women. And, you know, sometimes there are ways in which we compete that are great and that are fun. And we are all in the game together but the unhealthy ways in which we compete. Let's let go of it. And I would invite you to take the next step. After doing that, after uplifting another woman, take one moment for yourself and notice how much better that made you feel about you. Mm -hmm. We truly do feel better about ourselves when we uplift someone else. And if Janine and I had another hour, we could (laughs) explain the brain science to you. But you'll just have to take our word for it right now. And then give it a try. And, and then you'll know it for yourself. Improve it to yourself. Exactly. Take a moment and notice how much it makes you feel better. Because it literally creates a different body chemical mix yep. to move. And the more you feel better about helping someone else feel better, the more you're going to want to make someone else feel better. It's a simple formula. And then come play with Leslie and me. Come let us know. We both have websites. We both have podcasts. Please let us know what you're doing out there, how you are helping uplift other women. Join us on LinkedIn. Come create those positive conversations in the world about what you're creating out there. How please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We want to. And we'll share. Absolutely. Yes, we will. Okay. So this has been super fun. This has been the first and maybe not the last crossover episode between the women we should know and the cost of not paying attention. 
I am Janine Hamner-Holman. I am Leslie Michaels. Until next time. On behalf of Janine Hamner-Holman, thanks for paying attention. This has been the cost of not paying attention. Head on over to our website, www.janinehamner.com forward slash podcast for access to the show notes as well as additional resources. Remember, great leaders make great teams. I'm beginning to think